Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. Thank you to uh, being on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And this is our brand performance podcast. And when I say performance, I mean that goes hand in hand with our special guest today, um, Stafu. And I'm not going to say your last name right. I'm going to let you say it because I know that I'm going to get it messed up. But um, you and I connected through LinkedIn um, through, I think, a, a little conversation on one of Mark Metry's podcasts. And um, anyway, the conversation started. You and I became, I think, fast friends, in my opinion. And um, so I wanted you to share not only your story, but your insight and what you're doing in business. And um, so thank you for being with us today as our guest. It's so nice uh, to be here. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned the last part, because uh, after I shut down the call, uh, I was like thinking like, wow, did we just uh, become best friends out of nowhere? <laughs> Even though we only talked for, can be that long, maybe 20 minutes, a half an hour. It's so, so, so nice to be here. I'm going to try to keep my energy high as I, as I know you're a high energy and people are coming here to, to get pumped up and motivated. So I'm going to do my best to <laughs> keep up with your tempo. And uh, it's so nice to be here. And then okay. my last name is Tin Pons. Okay. See, I knew that I wouldn't be able to say it correctly. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. And, and as people are listening to this episode, they can tell that you have an accent, of course, and you're in a completely different time zone. So tell us where you're coming from and what time of day is it for you? So for me, it's uh, 7 p.m. at night uh, and I am currently in Bulgaria, but uh, previously uh, I lived in Stockholm and originally I am from Belgium. Mm. And my accent is a weird mix between all of those. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really fascinating because we've had some really interesting guests with great in, um, accents recently. And it's just really kind of fun, I think, just showing the world as you're listening to podcasts. You know, our world is so expansive and we can connect with people all over the place. And um, to me, I just feel that, you know, that connection is so, so powerful. So, yeah. All right. So before we get into this further, we want to hear your background because it's quite fascinating. I mean, when, when, when we connect, you were sharing that, you know, you started out, you were living in a gym. You went from that to building a six-figure agency. And so that's where I really want this conversation to go today. And I want people to kind of hear that, um, that back and forth and, and listen to your, your excellence and your personal performance and how you've made that possible. So um, Stafu, tell us your background story. What is the thing that you know people need to hear? Uh, so, so it's funny that you say I started out in a gym because obviously I wasn't born in a gym uh, before. <laughs> so, so before I actually lived, moved to Stockholm, which is all the way on the other side of Europe from Belgium, for people that don't know, um, I was actually in college uh, studying nutrition and before that uh, biochemistry. 
but I was always making sure that school fit into my jujitsu schedule, you know? So I remember so many times getting assignments and me raising my hands and I'm like, um, okay, so you want me to do it then, but I have to train like six times between then and now. There's no way I'm going to be able to fit this assignment into my, into my schedule. So there's no way I'm going to be there, just so you know. Uh, so yeah, what happened was I wanted, I was training jiu-jitsu a lot, a lot Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, and I was like, okay, you know what? If I, if I don't just try to do it 100%, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So um, I found uh, my previous girlfriend in Stockholm. Uh, I stayed with her for a few weeks. And I was like, hey, would it be okay if I just stay here <laughs> forever? <laughs> She's like, well, okay, that sounds nice. So, so I moved to Stockholm. Uh, but she left two months after and uh, then I, I actually moved into the gym, slept on the mats. Uh, what that means is I was training three jiu-jitsu sessions a day and, and usually one weightlifting session a day. So it was up to four sessions a day, which really, really, really kills your uh, <laughs> physical, mental and emotional energy. Um, ultimately, I didn't, I didn't end up winning anything huge. I mean, I won like some 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 small competitions here and there, like some nationals in France, Germany, etc. Um, but one day, I just kind of like woke up after reading this book called uh, Clarity by my favorite author, Jamie Smart. I just woke up and I was like, okay, so what is it that I'm really doing here? Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm having a good time, I'm having fun, but ultimately, I'm just getting better at beating up my friends and then with the goal of being able to beat up other people and then ultimately i would manage the best thing that could possibly happen would be for me would be for me to inspire other people to beat up their friends as well that is in my head it's kind of like a closed system where we're just like inspiring people to do the thing that you're already doing and of course there's many many wonderful wonderful benefits to shiitsu you learn how to have a better mindset how to solve problems how to face adversity getting in shape defending yourself it's so good uh, it's such a beautiful thing but if you're doing it as a profession ultimately it's about you getting better at <laughs> beating up your friends so i uh, and i think this is going to be a good takeaway for your audiences what i did was i followed the system where i would look like okay so what which feedback do i get because because i didn't know what to do right all i knew was how to do jiu-jitsu and i wanted to figure out my next move uh, so i was like looking back and i was saying okay so what is something that I can talk about on a Saturday night without anybody forcing me. Okay, I wrote all of those Ooh, down in a circle. I love I that question. Okay, how did you come up with that question though? Let's stop there for a minute. Like where, what inspired that question for you to oh. stop and ask yourself? Yeah, I stole this from Ty Lopez. I didn't come up with it. Uh, Perfect, well, <laughs> that's good. A lot, of, a lot of people follow Ty, so this is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I asked myself that question. I asked myself some other questions too. And I found where they, they overlap. So the questions are, if you want to do this exercise at home, if you want to take a new direction, questions are, what can you talk about on a Saturday night? Which feedback do you get from strangers? Uh, what did you grow up around? So what is it that you got, away, got from your parents? And what have you spent your last 10 years doing? And for me, what I figured out, the overlap was I always loved systems. And I really liked language because uh, I did a little bit of writing here and there. And that's how I got to marketing. Um, and after making that decision, I moved back with my mom. Who, um, basically, you went to live in the basement, let's say. And I started experimenting. I built a Facebook group. I learned how to do video videography. Um, I did all sorts of weird, uh, weird hacks and that kind of stuff. And ultimately, that led to 
me being invited to my favorite author, Jamie Smart, the one that actually inspired me to get out of it. Uh, it ended up with me being invited into his house, staying there for a week, and making all sorts of videos together. And then that led to me helping him a little bit with his marketing, which led to me being like a big name within his audience. And then I used that uh, to start like, like grow my Facebook group a little bit more. From that, I started making all sorts of sales. Um, and then I, and then I've had built this Facebook group and I figured, okay, so how can I use this to get to the next level? And I figured, okay, Facebook groups are slowly getting less engaged. What seems to be really big is LinkedIn. So I used my audience from Facebook to start to just like kickstart my LinkedIn career. That was just enough to get noticed by some really, really, really big players in the game. Uh, but this was before LinkedIn video was even a thing. Um, and then what happened was, I got into this little secret society with like the really, really, really big um, names. I, I can't really tell you who, but you've for sure seen some of these people like on Instagram ads and that sort of thing. Uh, and I just started picking their brain. Like, how do you grow an audience on LinkedIn? How are you generating leads? What are other people doing wrong? Uh, and I got really good at the LinkedIn stuff. I reached like my, my first million views. I started getting discovery calls every week, uh, maybe even every day. And I was like, oh, oh, I got to turn this into some sort of a business. Uh, and I had, and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just, you know, like I've always done, I'll wing it. So I sold some of, sold some services, but in Belgium, you can't just invoice somebody. Uh, you have got to have a company. They're super strict. You can't receive any money from where they don't know where it's coming from. And I was like, okay, so if I'm going to start a business, I'm going to need to invest. I need the amount of money that I will get from these invoices. So for me, it seemed like a zero-sum game. Uh, so I figured, okay, with the same, so I have a thousand euros in the bank, and I have about eight thousand euros that I'm owed from services that I've done. Um, if I would just take this thousand money, thousand euros, thousand money. If I take this thousand euros, I could actually <laughs> get one month of an apartment in Sofia and start a business as well. Invoice these people, and then with that eight thousand euros, I can run a business for like three, four months in Sofia, and maybe even hire somebody. So that's what I did. I came here to Sofia, this apartment, made my little office here, wrote those invoices, and then was like, okay, so now I got to create a service. And then on the fly, we started like building our LinkedIn service and started selling a bunch of retainers, uh, hired our first, our first person. And yeah, now two years later, we have like a six-figure business. We have, we have, I think, four people almost full-time working on this. A bunch of people working part-time on this, clients all over the world, uh, crazy results from clients, crazy results for some of our clients. We got them sales meetings with Lime, Microsoft. Uh, we had some really, really top, top level billionaires reach out to our clients based on their LinkedIn content. And you know, like it's just, uh, I mean, I would say in some sense, it's, in some sense it would be a motivational story, you know, like it's just me trying to use the momentum from one little small win to get to another little small win and then just I've been trying to stack them up over time. And uh, yeah, and now I'm here and excited about the next steps as well. And just Okay. So what I find so fascinating um, though, Stafu, is um, you're self-taught. And I think that's where you and I resonate the most. I'm a triple crown entrepreneur. I've built um, a few multi-million dollar sales organizations, companies on my own. And I think that's where we relate, right? I listen to your scrappy desire. <clears throat> And you're just, you're tenacious. You're always going to be chasing 
um, that what next. And I really, you know, for some people that's exhausting. I find a high level of respect in that space. Yes. Talk to me about yes. that. So like, you know, like saying that, you, you know, you taught yourself how to do this. And if I, be, if I remember it, you dropped out of college, right? Yeah. Twice. Talk to us about that because as people are listening to this episode, I mean, there are CEOs that are on the receiving end of this and they're entrepreneurs. So whether you're a CEO and you've got somebody on your staff who you kind of questioned, I mean, listen to this grit. That's so, so powerful. So give us some insight into, into that, into that space of, of dropping out, being self-taught. Take us there. Yeah. So it's, it's a really interesting question. Um, so the first thing that pops to my mind is at the same time as I read uh, the book Clarity that I was just talking about, I also read this other book uh, and it was called If I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead by Jerry Weintraub. Uh, Jerry Weintraub mm. is, is probably, the, in my opinion, the most inspirational person that's ever lived that I've heard of. Uh, this was just like some guy in Brooklyn, you know, and he, he, he didn't really have any special education or anything. Um, there was nothing really special about him. He just had this one skill. And I think basically this is the skill that he used throughout his whole life. And he, he knew how to talk. He was really, really good at talking to people and, and, and getting them to do what he, what he wanted them to do, but to make good deals for everything. Uh, for, for, make deals that are good for everyone. So what happened to this, to this guy, the, the most interesting story about him is, so this, he had no name, nobody knew who he was, no credibility whatsoever. And he just had... Woke up one day and he was like, you know what I want to do? I want to tour with Elvis. And that's a ridiculous idea because, first of all, Elvis hadn't toured in, I think, years <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> they hadn't toured in a long time. Also, he had never run a tour and nobody knew who this guy was. So what he started doing was every single day he called the colonel. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Basically, uh, the manager of, of Elvis hits. Hey, can I take Elvis on tour? No, uh, leave me alone. <laughs> Next day, hey, can I take Elvis on tour? Uh, just, can you just leave me alone? Who are you? Like, and he just kept doing this and for a really long time. It took like six months, every single day. Wow. Then this guy picks up the phone. Hey, you want to go on tour? He's like, uh, okay. Okay, so all you need to do is bring $3 million to this place all the way on the other side of the United States in 48 hours. Uh, I mean, I'm probably messing up some of the details anyway. Sure. So this guy he doesn't have any money. So, so he's like, uh, okay. Sure, I'll do that. No problem. Uh, so he starts calling like a million, like everybody he's ever met in his entire life, and he and he somehow he found an Elvis super fan that was willing to chip in this money, at, at like three million. But three million then is that's like fifty million now. You know, like it's so long ago. And ultimately, he just he gets the suitcase. He somehow makes it across the United States with the, with the money. He goes into the meeting. The guy just takes the suitcase, puts it in the safe shakes the hand, okay, let's do a tour. Uh, wow. And then I think it's like eight weeks later, I don't remember, but like a very short amount of time later, uh, the, they, what they did was they took all the cash from the tour. Uh, the colonel took a stick, split up the pile of money into two, and he said, this is yours, this is mine. And, it was, and I think it was like $10 million or something. So, that's, so out of nowhere, this guy became like crazy millionaire. And what I learned from this, um, is that everything is negotiable. Just everything except for the laws of physics is negotiable. 
So before even knowing what the word marketing even meant, basically, before knowing that LinkedIn was a thing, I don't even think I knew LinkedIn at the time, mm-hmm. before knowing just anything at all, the first idea in my mind surrounding business was everything's negotiable. And I think that has kind of like pre-framed me to, to walk into any situation that followed and believe in myself that, I, you know, if I can just say the right things, the, the right things, I will be able to use any situation and move one step up. And I've never had to, I never had the thought where I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to go from zero to 10 million tomorrow. I never had that thought. But I've always had the thought of like, okay, if I'm at like 0.5% now and I walk into this conversation with somebody that can open some doors for me, um, then I'll be at 1% after the conversation. And from there on out, I will make the next conversation. I will do the same and I'll just keep doing it. And that's, what I, that's exactly what I've, what I've been doing. And to be honest, I wouldn't say I'm like, necessarily the best marketer ever i mean definitely not the best marketer ever at this stage but um this is how i've done business since i started you know so i talk to people and i and i and i try to really really listen and then i'll see like okay what is what is it that this person what could help them level up and then can i put a price on it that's lower than the advantage that they will gain and then i'll sell it and then i'll figure out how to do it or, or sometimes I know how to do it beforehand, which is obviously the best for everybody, especially my team, because they don't like it when I do this too much. Um, <laughs> but but the, you know, that, that's yeah. kind of like the mindset. And I really think that's the basis of it. Of and I do. I think that's why you and I connected, right? Because um, I just, I really, really relate to that mindset. And it's just so powerful. And you can come from nothing, basically, is what you're sharing within that story and have everything. And it was his belief that he could he could do it, that he could figure it out, whatever that circumstance was going to be. And I think that's where you're resonating from it. You you too have had that experience that you've got nothing to lose but everything to gain. And when it and when that is your mindset, that's a very what you're describing is a very confident person, right? The definition of confidence is the purity of actions produced by a mind free of doubt. So you, the two words in that space are confidence and doubt, or um, action and doubt. So you have this ability to take these actions and not doubt those actions. That's why you're so confident. And when you execute that way, as I'm listening to you share this, that's why people are saying yes to you because you have this ability to just take a hundred percent risk and. No, just know in your your being that you're not going to fail doing it. That that risk is actually your safe place. Because if you're not taking risk, what's going to happen? Like, is it like what are you hearing with when I say that? How do you relate to that? I mean, I mean, I remember when I was living in a gym, um, and it was February in Stockholm. And if you and if you think New York is cold, it has nothing on Stockholm. It's it's cold. It's cold in Stockholm. It's, like I remember having four layers of sweaters and a thick jacket and it would still be cold. And in the middle of the winter, my coach told me to get out of the gym and find somewhere else to live. And I had like, I don't know, 500 euros, a thousand euros in my bank accounts. And, you know, I've, I talked my way out of that somehow. And <laughs> I, I, I didn't end up really sleeping on the street at all. But ever since that time, I've had, to, I've had this idea of like, okay, the worst thing that could possibly happen is one is if I do something reasonably stupid, I could, I could sleep on the streets. That would basically be like one of the worst things that could happen. And then the other thing would be I could go to jail if I do something extremely stupid. 
And I mean, neither of those I feel like are that are that scary anymore. Uh, but but um, one thing I want to I mean I've never been to jail just <laughs> just to be clear it's not like I've gone gone there. Uh, but 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 about the confidence, I think it's uh, so 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 I do experience it in the way that you say it in the sense that I feel like. Um, I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, like I'll, I'll just do it and I'm sure it will work out for the best one way or another. And I do feel the confidence in, in a lot of the things that I do, but there's also many, many times where I don't feel confident at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really valuable for me is just understanding that I don't need to feel confident and I can still take what I would call inspired action, you know, so, so I can feel inspiration now that I want to get somewhere. And then next week, I cannot feel confident and not feel inspired. But keeping that inspired moment in my mind, I know I can still take the action that I have to fa- take, even when I don't feel confident, which paradoxically makes me feel more confident. So, so one of the things I've always f- felt was very valuable for me personally is not getting caught up in do I feel confident or not. So, so, so if I know, if I, if I have like, okay, 70%, 60% certainty that option A is going to be better than B. I'll just take action on option A and I might still, you know, like wake up in the middle of the night thinking like, oh, that was like, the, that was, that was such a stupid thing to do. The whole thing is going to explode, but you know, like you got to take, you got to take, yeah. you got to take a pick. And as soon as you take a pick, it's done and you move on to the, to the next thing. Right. And that's where you're, that's where you're confident is because it's that action component, right? You're taking actions and you're not overthinking those actions. So you execute. And so like when you say you love systems, you love language, it's, it's how you are embracing those systems, how you're implementing the language to support the systems. It's your ability to, you know, prove to yourself through all of the things that you've done. Um, You know, you're young, you're a puppy. What, how old are you? I'm not going to see anybody listening to this. I don't think would understand that you are just getting started and what you've been able to accomplish in such a short period of time, knowing yourself well enough. And I think that's the thing that I pick up the most when I listen to you, well, multiple things, but you have this self-awareness about who you are and that takes you places. And you know it's going to take you places. And so, um, you know, I always say vision or, you know, um, inspiration is vision driven. Motivation is goal driven, right? We talked about about that. And so you stay inspired because you see the vision of what's possible for yourself. That's always out there in the horizon. And um, you're motivated because you have very set goals of where you're going to go, what you're going to do with it. And that I think it's that combination of things. So I, too, speak in systems and formulas. So it's not rhetoric right? I need somebody to, you know, we try to make that a tangible because when it's tangible, we relate to it effectively. We can capitalize on it when we do it that way. So I think just a lot of great things. Okay. So we're coming to the close of this episode. I could talk to you for a very long time and I know our audience is getting a lot of value out of this. They're sitting in their car right now outside of the office or the grocery store and they're saying, I got to finish this episode. It is that good. So where can we find you? You're the marketing family. That's the name of your agency, but where can we find you? How can we connect and learn more? So, so the best thing for sure is to just find me on LinkedIn, my personal profile. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to link that somewhere. Just 
LinkedIn slash IN slash Staffo. If you find, if you just look for Staffo, you're going to find me 100%. I'm the only one, so that's easy. Uh, the other spell thing you Staffo. can do is... Can you spell yeah, Staffo for us so S-T-A-P-H-O. they know? S-T-A-P-H-O. S-T-A-P-H-O. Um, and another great thing you can do is you can join my Facebook group, which is uh, centered around my, my podcast that you're going to be on soon. Um, so that's just the marketing family. You can very easily find that as well. But the main thing I would love for people to check out is just uh, my podcast because we've just launched it as an audio-only podcast instead of just only being a live show. Uh, and that is called the TMF Picnic. TMF Picnic. You can find it anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. Now, I'm aware it's not the best production quality in the world yet. But uh, we've had some really amazing guests. We're going to have other amazing guests like you on there as well. Um, but it would mean so much to me if even just a single person would go check it out, listen to, let's say, 10 minutes of one episode, reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, hey, stuff would have sucked. I hated that. Could you improve this and this? Just getting that one message, that would make it, that would be, that means so much to me. So I would love some feedback on that. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, leave a review, subscribe, like it, all of those things. You know, podcasting is very important and it's really taken um, such a great space um, for people that want to have a different way of learning because it's that audio. You can be in the car, you can consume content in in the most valuable way. So you definitely, Stafa, we will be putting all of those things that you mentioned in the show notes. So people will be able to click and link and find you as well. And you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can connect and um, find Stafu as well. So thanks again. This was an absolute um, joy for me. I love meeting new people, fascinating people. And, um, and just, I, I, I really connect with you in so many ways of just, you know, how young you are, how, um, how you persevere, how you've taken risk. All of those things are what we stand for within our brand. And so thank you for that. So if you um, are inspired by this podcast, we want to invite you to share your biggest takeaway with our performing get paid Facebook community. And that's where we're going to engage and keep the conversation alive. And so who knows, we may have a special guest with Stafu out there with our Facebook group. I, I can see that coming for sure, because I know people are going to want to engage and ask you marketing directions you know, directly. So this is Marlo Higgins, your chief inspirational officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. And thank you for listening to this episode. As your chief inspirational officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a call. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.